Are you an Amazon shopper like Patra and I? Do you love Off Air with Emily and Patra? When you're ready to search the depths of Amazon, visit us at offairwithep.com first. Click on the Amazon ad and continue shopping like normal. This helps keep Off Air with Emily and Patra going strong. We receive a small percentage of any purchases you make through our affiliate link, but it's literally zero extra costs to you. Psychotic geeks obsessed with every little detail. It'll never get on the air. Well, I think it's good for a show to go off the air before it becomes stale and repetitive. I've just been informed that we are going off the air. Off air with Emily and Catherine. Is it going to work? I'm like extra paranoid. I know because it clearly was just too slow to record earlier. Mm-hmm. Let it me see if it'll... a little... Okay. I think... It's, do you see the bottom of it? It just looks a little stuttery. I don't know. Yeah. Reeve. That's the wrong apostrophe over the wrong. I don't know. I'm bad. I don't know anything. <laughs> <laughs> did you open all of your apps? Yeah, you okay? I did. <laughs> you good? Oh, my oh. God. What'd you do? You broke it? There we go. Look That's how fine. little we are. Look how I know. I don't know talking. how to fix that. I don't either. Not right now. Oh, here we go. Yeah, get it, girl. Oh, a little squeaky. All right. Well. Hey, look at you fixing stuff. We might be okay. Okay. We might All end right. up recording. We might. <laughs> Friday <Who knows>? morning. <laughs> Can you hear yourself? You're not right? going to be here Friday morning. Oh fuck. Well. It's to, it's now or nothing. That's why I was now like or power. nothing. Power wheels. No. What is that? Nothing is for what. I don't know. Oh, nerf or nothing. Nerf or nothing. <laughs> Idiot. Okay. <clears throat> I'm like real paranoid that it's not going to. Okay. Okay. Um, I see it recording us though. Yeah. Ah, it's weird. It's kind of jumpy. Yeah. Do we want to listen to it? Make yeah, sure maybe. it's. Yeah, maybe. Let's do that. Are we recording? Yes, we are now. Okay. Let so did it, it did it sound okay? Yeah. Okay, sweet. Sounded fine. Okay, so we're having technical difficulties <laughs> with our computer again today. So if this. If there's like parts that just don't sound good, it's not our fault. It's not our fault. <laughs> we did everything right and perfect. Another episode of Off Air with Emily and Patra that sounds shitty. No, <laughs> it sounds so good. We're smart. Okay, so I made a coffee mm-hmm. and I thought I'd get creative and put some hot chocolate in it to make like a mocha type of situation. Yeah, I love that. And the, the hot chocolate just like out it like came out so fast that it was like I was like oh that's a little much so I've kind of got like that like oh almost burnt hot chocolate taste yeah. in my mouth and it's not pleasant I feel you it's fine whatever I'm gonna eat this whole banana I can't eat in the mornings anymore I just don't have an appetite I yeah like all morning long throughout the whole morning show so I've been up since like 3 30 mm-hmm. it's 10 and I have eaten a teaspoon of natural peanut butter but then I'm like, I'm gonna go eat something for lunch. Very in like filling in an like hour. an hour. I gotta eat this banana though. You opened can do it. it. Uh, Look how brown I it is. It. it is very brown. Oh, I got so many of them like that. I'm just gonna. I could eat it with a spoon. Okay, so when Patrick and I were doing the morning show together, mm-hmm. we had a debate on our preferred banana type. I like mine a little green. Gross. And Patrick likes hers like dead, <laughs> <laughs> which is equally gross. So I want to know what your true you who are listening through your headphones <laughs> or in the car in the car or just loud in the office loud and proud. Do that. I want to know what your banana preference is. And it better be brown or you're wrong. No, don't <laughs> listen to her. She's wrong. <laughs> okay, Emily, I hey. love you. Um, I feel like there's something. Okay. I was doing this earlier, and I just, I need to ask you. Mm -hmm. You are like me in the sense that you like to reorganize and rearrange furniture. Yes, I do. I go through my phone and rearrange my layout on my apps, like, probably once every three months, six months, something like that. I used to do that a lot. And I like looking at, like, like YouTube videos, like, I'll, like, if they're doing something on their phone, I'm like, ooh, what's their home screen layout look like? Oh, my gosh. Is it cooler than mine? Do you do that? I Did used you do to that? really, yeah, and like, um, I think it was when I had one of those pink Blackberries. Do you remember? Oh yeah, yeah. You could download themes and stuff mm-hmm. for your phone and like change every single oh, little button. And I would do that. Happiness. I'd download a theme, and then like I'd have a damn app that they wouldn't have an, a 
matching theme for, and then I'd have to get rid of the whole damn theme. Yeah, and you'd yeah. have to do a different one that had it. Yeah, and now that I'm old and cynical and <clears throat> a hard little boy, I just don't, <laughs> I don't know. Like, I'm like, I would love to, like, I look at Emily and she's so, like, I don't know. She's so, like, wholesome and pure. And I'm just like, like, I, I'm i the person who would trip and I'm Kevin. I'd spill a pot of chili all mm. over your wholesome pureness. And uh-huh. I hate that. But I used to be good and sweet. You're fine. Yeah, I'm I love fine. it. Um, I don't do it as much as I did, but. I was I was like looking at my phone, changing my phone background mm. earlier, and I was like, I wonder if I know I'm psycho for doing it, but no. like I wonder if it's like it's like cleaning your desk. Yeah, it's mm-hmm. just like I want something different. Like these, I don't know. Like also, I'm sorry, I'm chewing with my mouthful of banana. Eat that banana. Mm-mm. It's fine. I almost choked. That was a big chunk. <laughs> <laughs> um, like her desktop on her computer. Mm-hmm. It's all clean. Mm-hmm. Like mine just has like old ass pictures from everything or yeah. Whatever round random PDF I've downloaded. It's just <laughs> on there. Like it's <laughs> two thirds of the way full of just random shit. Mm-hmm. Picture of me and Santa at Christmas. Picture of a cat. It's fine. I don't know. Random gif. Yep. It's fine. Yep. Okay. Anyway. Um, since we have a meeting in an hour, oh, we're just going to like uh, go. They'll, we'll be late. They can wait on us. Uh, we're important. I haven't prepped for it at all. Have you? No. What am I supposed to talk about this week? I had prepped for last week. Just bring that. Well, we already discussed the Women's Expo wrap-up. Oh, yeah. (laughs) So now I got to prep again. Adam John Walsh was born on November 14th, 1974. So this is like a huge case, so I'm sorry Mm -hmm. if I fuck anything up. but I feel the same way, so you're all good. Nearly seven years later, on the afternoon of July 27th, 1981, Adam's mother... Rave. TBD. Oh. Rave. <laughs> Rave. Rev. Rev. Revy. We like Google pronunciation it and couldn't figure it out. No. Nope. And we did it like 10 seconds before we started recording. So yep. that's fine. Um, Adam's mother took him shopping with her to the Hollywood Mall in Hollywood, Florida. They went together to the Sears and entered by the North Entrance. Um, I'm just going to call her Rave. If it's wrong, I'm sorry. Mm-hmm. Uh, Reve intended to inquire about a lamp which was on sale and left Adam at a kiosk with an Atari 2600. Yeah. 2600. Uh, <laughs> an Atari 2600 video games on display where several other boys were taking turns playing with them. She completed her business in the lamp department around 1215. When she returned, Adam and the other boys had disappeared. A store manager informed her that a scuffle had broken out over whose turn it was at the kiosk and a security guard demanded that they leave the store. The security guard asked the older boys if their parents were there, and they said that they weren't. Adam's parents later stated that he was too shy to speak to the security guard, who presumed that he was in the company of the other boys. And as such, the security guard made him leave by the same door which the boys entered, which was the Sears West entrance. So it was a completely that's, different entrance. Yeah. And at 7, that's a yeah. huge— I mean, yeah. at 24, I still get confused as to what entrance I came in. Uh, yeah. Sometimes like, it's different. Especially in, like, mall stores like that where there's four entrances. I'm like— yeah, like some of them go to the mall and they all, the other ones go to different parking lots and you're yeah. like, where's my car? Yeah. I live here now. Yeah. yeah. Yep. Um, but yeah, at seven, I can't imagine. Mm-mm. His parents believe that the other, after the other boys dispersed, he was left alone outside the store at an exit unfamiliar to him. Meanwhile, unable to find Adam in the toy department, Reve had him paged over the public address system and continued to look for him throughout the store. She, by coincidence, ran into his grandmother, Jean, who helped her search for him. After more than 90 minutes of fruitless searching in public address pages, which failed to turn him up, she called the Hollywood police at at 1.55. Hey, I didn't know that about her running into the That's the what Wikipedia said. Yeah, so. that's interesting. <laughs> no, that's interesting. I like that. Yeah. Um, I on, just dropped. I'm sorry. I just licked banana off the counter. Oh, that's fine. So much stuff goes on in here. What am I doing? <laughs> <laughs> on August 10th in a dra- Oh, I shouldn't be laughing right now. Damn it. On August 10th, in a drainage canal alongside the Florida Turnpike near Vero Beach, Florida, a severed head was found by Detective Ralph E. Latimer, Jr., and an unknown deputy of Indian River County Sheriff's Office, Erkso, almost 130 miles from Hollywood. Indian River County and the St. Lucie County divers searched the canal. On the morning of August 11th, John and Reve appeared on a national 
on national television saying that they still hoped that Adam was alive and that a $100,000 reward had been posted for his safe return. Soon after, the recovered remains were positively identified as Adam's. Uh, the coroner ruled that the cause of Adam's death was a was asphyxiation. The state of the remains suggested that he had died several, day, several days before the discovery of his head. The rest of his body has never been recovered. John and Rivet personally believe that the Hollywood Police Department botched the treatment of his disappearance, first the missing persons investigation, then the investigation into his murder. So we're going to step away from Adam for a second. Okay. Otis Toole was born and raised in Jacksonville, Florida. Toole's mother was a religious fanatic, and he later claimed that she abused him in, the addition, in addition to dressing him in girls' clothing and calling him Becky. As a young child, Toole was a victim of incest at the hands of many close relatives, including his older sister and next-door neighbor. His, mother, his maternal grandmother was a Satanist who exposed him to various satanic practices and rituals in his youth, including self-mutilation and grave robbing and dubbed him Devil's Child. Yikes. Like, oh my God. Goodness gracious. So much happening. Um, he was often des designated as suffering from mild mental retardation with an IQ of 75, which is classified as a borderline deficiency on the IQ scale. It's believed, however, that his IQ was probably a little bit higher and that he had received such low scores due to suffering from various learning disabilities like dyslexia and ADHD and being illiterate. So he just needed assistance with the testing to, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. He just needed help in general. Right. Uh, he also, also suffered, don't feel bad for him though. He also yeah, we suffered. don't feel bad for him. I'm just, yeah. <laughs> he also suffered from epilepsy, which resulted in frequent grand mal seizures. Throughout his childhood, he ran away from home often, sleeping in abandoned houses. He was a serial arsonist from, the young, from a young age and was sexually aroused by fire. In the documentary Death Diploma, Toole claimed that he was forced to have sex with a friend of his father's when he was five years old. He felt he knew that he was homosexual when he was 10 and claimed to have had a homosexual relationship with a neighbor boy when he was 12. Toole dropped out of school in the ninth grade, began visiting gay bars, and he also claimed to have been a male prostitute as a teenager and was known to dress in drag. Toole claimed to have committed his first murder at the age of 14 when after being propositioned for sex by a traveling salesman, Toole ran over the salesman with his own car. Toole was arrested at the age of 17 for the first time in August of 1964 for loitering. Information about Toole between 1966 and 73 is unclear, but it's believed that he began drifting around the southwestern United States and he supported himself by prostitution and panhandling. Yikes. Uh, yeah. While living in Nebraska, Toole was one of the prime suspects in the 1974 murder of 24-year-old Patricia Webb, which is still unsolved. Shortly after, he, he left, no, at least I think it is. I mm -hmm. didn't do a whole lot of research. I didn't go off on that tangent. Maybe next time. <laughs> Shortly after, he left Nebraska and briefly settled in Boulder, Colorado. One month later, he became a prime suspect in the murder of 31-year-old Ellen Holman, who was murdered on October 14th, 1974. There's also an Ellen Holman that's like a famous actress. Really? <laughs> yeah, I searched oh. Elba, like this one only has one L in her last name. Mm. And then the famous one has two L's. I was like, oh. <laughs> Wild. Uh, with many accusations against him, Toole left Boulder and headed back to Jacksonville. In early 1975, Toole had returned to Jacksonville after drifting and hitchhiking through the South. Oh, I just repeated myself in a different it's way. totally fine. <laughs> On January 14th, 1976, he married a woman 25 years his senior. She left him in just three days after discovering his homosexuality. In 1976, I wonder what that was all about. Like, why did they get married? Right. <laughs> like, I just, that's a whole, yeah. whole question. 1976, Toole met Henry Lee Lucas at a Jacksonville soup kitchen, and they soon developed a sexual relationship. Toole later claimed to have accompanied Lucas in 108 murders, sometimes at the orders of a cult called the Hands of Death. My God. Yeah. Well, at least they picked him up for loitering that one time. Right. Lucas later recanted his confession, saying he made such statements only to improve his living conditions in jail. Mm. Um, Me too. Yeah. On January 12th, 1982, Tool locked 64-year-old George Sonnenberg in his own home and set the house on fire, killing him. In 1983, Tool was arrested on an arson charge in Jacksonville, Florida. On October 21st, 83, Otis Tool confessed to the 1981 murder of six-year-old Adam Walsh. After some investigation, even having... John Walsh, the dad, listened to audio tapes of children being tortured to Ugh. see if any of them were Adam, which obviously he didn't want to do, but he was like, I have to. Right. Um, police eventually concluded that Adam was abducted by a drifter named Otis Toole near the front exterior of Sears that afternoon after being instructed to leave by a security guard. 
According to Tool, he lured him into his white 1971 Cadillac with a damaged right bumper with promises of toys and candy, and then proceeded to drive north on Interstate 95 towards his home in Jacksonville. Adam was at first docile and compliant, but then he began to panic as they drove on. Tool punched him in the face, but as this just made the situation worse, he then, quote, walloped him unconscious. Jesus. While he was unconscious, Tool drove north on the Florida Turnpike to a deserted service road just north of the Radabaugh Road overpass in northwest St. Lucie County. When Tool realized that Adam was still breathing, he strangled him to death with a seatbelt, dragging him out of the car and decapitated him with a machete. Tool also claimed to have disposed his body by incinerating it in an old refrigerator when he, turned, when he returned to Jacksonville. He claimed that he wanted to make him his adopted son, but given the close relationship he had with his loving parents, that wasn't very feasible. Determining the source of the blood found in the car was not possible because the police ultimately lost the bloodstained carpet from the car. The machete used to be the machete said to be used to decapitate Adam and eventually the car itself. Tool, a confidant of convicted serial killer Henry Lee Lucas, repeatedly confessed and then retracted accounts of his involvement. A few weeks after Tool made the confession, however, police investigating the case announced that they no longer considered him a suspect. Tool was never charged in Adam's case, although he provided seemingly accurate description as to how he, commu- how he committed the crime. Several witnesses also placed him in the Hollywood area, in the days leading up to Adam's disappearance, John Walsh continued to maintain that he believed Tool was guilty. In April of 1984, Tool was convicted and sentenced to death in Jacksonville, Florida, for Sonnenberg's murder. Later that year, he was found guilty of the February 1983 murder of 19-year-old Ada Johnson in Tallahassee, Florida, and received a second death sentence on appeal. However, both sentences were commuted to life in prison. Experts at his trial had testified that Tool suffered from paranoid schizophrenia, while serving his sentence, Tool briefly stayed in the cell adjacent to serial killer Ted Bundy in Florida's Rayford Prison. After incarceration, Tool pleaded guilty to four more murders in 1991 and received four more life sentences. Okay, side note. Mm-hmm. Obviously, I don't ever want to go to jail, like, actually in real life. Right. But if I did, I want to be next to serial serial killer like Ted Bundy. Yeah, I mean, come on. <laughs> At least you're going to, you know, he'll be entertained. Yes. Tell yes. me everything, Ted <sighs> Bundy. Yes. Anyway. That's terrible, but it's fine. That's fine. In 1984, Tool confessed to two unsolved Northwest Florida slayings, including one of the I-10 murders. During an interview, he admitted to killing 19-year-old David Shallert, a hitchhiker he picked up east of Pensacola, Florida. Shallert's body bearing five gunshot wounds in the left side of the head was found February 6, 1980, approximately 125 feet off of I-10's eastbound lane. Five miles east of Chipley, Florida. That was a lot. Um, (laughs) The second confession involved the death of Ada Johnson. Tool confessed that he shot her in the head on a road outside of Fort Walton Beach after picking her up at a Tallahassee nightclub. In 1988, with the help of Fox Networks, John Walsh launched the show that we all know and love, America's Most Wanted. (laughs) Um, On September 15th, that was just like, I felt like that was important, but it was like, Not important enough to put in more details, so that's, like, that's it. It's important. It's important. (laughs) Um, On September 15th, 1996, at the age of 49, Otis Toole died in prison, in his prison cell from liver failure. He was buried in a prison cemetery, and no one claimed his body. Same. In 1997, Hollywood Police Chief Rick Stone conducted an exhaustive review of Adam's case after the release of John Walsh's book. At the time, Stone was a 22-year veteran of the Dallas, Texas, Okay, restart. At the time, Stone was a 22-year veteran of the Dallas, Texas, and Wichita, Kansas police departments and had been appointed Hollywood's chief of police in the previous year. Although the crime happened 16 years before the time of his review, he provided an analysis of the evidence, including reviewing taped interrogations of Tool by Hollywood police detective Mark Smith. Stone says his review... (laughs) Sorry! (laughs) Stone says his review found evidence beyond a reasonable doubt that Tool murdered Adam. Both Tool and Lucas were notorious, Stone noted, for confessing to crimes they committed and then recanting. In 2007, allegations earned widespread publicity that Jeffrey Dahmer, arrested in Wisconsin in 1991 after killing more than a dozen men and boys, see episode whatever that was, Oh my God! was also named as a suspect in Adam's murder. He was living in Miami Beach at the time. Two two eyewitnesses placed him at the mall on the day that Adam was abducted. Lionel Dahmer, Jeffrey's father, 
called the AMV hotline not too long after his son's arrest. He said that while his son was never convicted for it, he believed his son was a pedophile. One claimed to have seen a strange man walking into the toy department where Adam was abducted. The other said that he saw a young blonde man with a protruding chin throw a struggling child into a blue van and speed off. Both witnesses recognized the man they had seen as Dahmer when pictures of him were released in the newspapers after his arrest. A report showed that the delivery shop where he worked at had a blue van at the time. He preyed on young men and boys, young men and boys, and his modus, his MO, included severing his victims' heads. When interviewed about Adam in 1992, he repeatedly denied involvement in the crime, even stating, quote, I've told you everything, how I killed them, how I cooked them, who I ate. Why wouldn't I tell you if I did someone else's mm. or if I did someone else?" After this rumor surfaced, John stated that he had seen no evidence linking Adam's abduction to the mur- and murder to Dahmer. In, on December 16th, 2008, 21 years after the murder, murder of Adam Walsh, police in Hollywood, Florida announced Tool as the murderer and the Adam Walsh, Adam Walsh case was closed. The police didn't reveal any new physical evidence and pointed out that they still had no DNA evidence. Uh, police chief Chadwick Wagner said Otis Toole had been the prime suspect all along, but went on to admit that although Toole's case was weak, he could have been charged during the original investigation. Wagner acknowledged that many mistakes were made by the department and apologized to the Walsh family. Public, public critics of the indictment argue that lack of new public evidence and the ability, inability to the defendant to defend himself on the allegations leaves no definitive claim to his guilt. To this, Wagner has stated, quote, if you're looking for that magic wand, that one piece of evidence, it's not there. Uh, however, by reexamining previously uncorrelated evidence, police and the Walsh family are satisfied with the new report and existing evidence that points only to, only to Otis Toole. In response to the naming of his son's alleged murderer, John Walsh stated, quote, we can now move forward knowing positively who killed our beautiful little boy. The decision was finally reached once Toole's niece, told John Walsh that her uncle confessed on his deathbed in prison that he had murdered and decapitated Adam Walsh. Some positives, Mm -hmm. because it's a terrible thing. It's a bad one. It's a tough one. In 1984, the U.S. Congress passed the Missing Children's Assistance Act, which allowed the formation of the National Center for Missing and Exploited Children. The Code Adam Program for Helping Lost Children in Department Stores is named in Adam's memory. The U.S. Congress passed the Adam Walsh Child Protection and Safety Act on July 25th, 2006, and President Bush signed it into law on the 27th. The signing ceremony took place on the South Lawn of the White House, attended by John N. Reve. Uh, the bill institutes a national database of convicted child molesters and increases penalties for sexual and violent offenses against children. It also creates RICO, racketeer-influenced and corrupt organizations, cause of action for child predators and those who conspire with them. And the Adam Walsh Reauthorization Act of 2016, which provides budgetary allotments to continue programs passed in the 2006 Act, as of August 2016, was passed um, through the U.S. Senate, and as far as I can tell, passed the House on May of 2017. Mm-hmm. Obviously, there's a whole lot of legal mumbo-jumbo in that one, so can't confirm that. <laughs> oh, my gosh. But that's Adam Walsh, the murder Adam of Adam Walsh. Like, and it's like a ginormo case. Everybody was, knows about it. There was a made-for-TV movie about it that mm-hmm. I can't get out. Like, whenever you talk about it, I think of the kid in the department store, that scene. Yeah. yeah so it's a tough one. Yeah, for sure. Okay. I know we're, we're moving right along today. Um, mine's kind of long. That's okay. Okay. Um, so I wasn't sure what to do, so I asked for requests. Mm-hmm. We had um, someone said the I-65 killer. To that person? I've already done it. <laughs> Obviously, so you don't listen. And then someone kidding. said another one that we had already done, and now I can't remember it. But I did get the first person to reply was um, Renee Arney. Thanks, Renee. Maybe... Maybe they just want you to do it. They're like, fuck this, Emily girl. <laughs> I want Patrick to do this one. Renee requested Gypsy Rose Blanchard. Uh, yes, girl. And I yes. am four episodes into the five that was, because the fifth one was released. Um, we record on Wednesdays before you hear this. So it was just released last night at midnight. Me and Amelia will watch it tonight mm-hmm. after the gym because I have a damn meeting at noon and I can't go to the noon class. <laughs> So that means I can't eat anything bad until like 5.30 when the gym's over. Because you can't eat bad before the gym. Right. Or you'll barf. hmm Learn that. 
Um, anyway, <laughs> take it, absorb it, so remember it. We're on episode four, and I loved it. There's a part in it where um, Nicholas, the guy who plays Nicholas Godijan, says something like, "Have you ever heard of BDSM?" And me and Amelia can't stop saying it to one another. I'll text her. I'll be like, "Have you ever heard of BDSM?" And she's like, "Mom, stop!" And then she'll like. I'll pick her up. I picked her up from school the other day and she opens the car door and she's like, have you ever heard of BDSM? And I was like, get in the car. <laughs> anyway, <sighs> we, murder's serious and we're not making fun of it, but we're making fun of it a little bit. Yeah. <clears throat> we just make fun of everything. Literally. Literally everything. <laughs> okay. Uh, Claudine Petra <laughs> <laughs> was born in Czech. Chacabay, Louisiana, near the Gulf Coast in 1967. She grew up with five brothers and sisters, Claudine, um, eventually to be known as Dee Dee, so I'll refer to her refer to her as Dee Dee from now on. <clears throat> was known to engage in petty theft as a child. She would often retaliate by stealing money or personal belongings of those who she thought wronged her or caused things not to go her way. Kind of love that. Yeah. I'm going to start doing that. Like, if you wasted my time, I'm going to take, I don't know, like three of your markers. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> um, just kidding. That's the only thing I like about her. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> when Dee Dee was 24, she became pregnant by 17-year-old Rod Blanchard, which I didn't realize he was so much younger than her, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. Huh. Um, they named their daughter Gypsy Rose. <clears throat> Dee Dee had always liked the name Gypsy, and Rod really, really liked Guns N' Roses. Oh, my God. <laughs> Sorry. Um, shortly before Gypsy's birth in July of 1991, Dee Dee and Rod separated. He would say that he got married for the wrong reasons, that he didn't love Dee Dee, but she was pregnant, and that's what you do. You get married. Mm -hmm. um, Rod seems like a kind of simple guy. Mm -hmm. Okay, that's all I'm going to say. Okay. <clears throat> Dee Dee would take Gypsy and move in with her family. Um, Rod, who was still involved in Gypsy's life at that time, says that she was a normal, healthy child. When Gypsy was a few months old, Dee Dee began taking her to the doctor in the emergency room, claiming that she had sleep apnea. Now, um, everybody knows what sleep apnea is. My half-brother mm -hmm. had sleep apnea as a baby, and it was mid-80s, late-80s, mm -hmm. and there was, like, he had, like, a bunch of, like, things stuck to his head, like a whole mask. There was, like, a big machine that would beep and, yeah. like, let you know if the kid stopped breathing. I don't think it actually blew air into him at that time, mm -hmm. but it was weird. Anyway, this huh. was later than that. So. Interesting. It was, like, really scary. I remember having to watch him once, and I was like, if that fucking machine beats, it's over. <laughs> anyway, um, the test did not show that she had sleep apnea, but Dee Dee claimed her daughter was ill and that she had a multitude of health problems stemming from an unspecified chromosomal disorder. Mm. When Gypsy was about the age of seven, she was confined to a wheelchair. This was enforced by her mother. She stopped attending public school and began being homeschooled sometime between, um, like, kindergarten and second grade age. There's so much discrepancy on, like, when she was born, how old she was, and, like, not a lot of paperwork to, de to like, mm -hmm. back up history. Dee Dee and Gypsy moved in with Dee Dee's father and her stepmother for a short time. Um, they claim that Dee Dee was poisoning her stepmother with Roundup weed killer enough that the stepmother was ill for months and confined to a bed, and they thought she wasn't going to make it. Wow. Um, I don't really talk about this much, but family members also say that when Dee Dee was, like, early, young adult that— um, when her mother passed, they thought that it was because Gyps or Dee Dee had stopped feeding her. Oh. Yeah. Um, Dee Dee and Gypsy spent most of their time visiting various specialists, seeking treatment of the illnesses Dee Dee claimed that she suffered from, which she now said included hearing and vision problems. Um, while a muscle biopsy found no sign of the muscular dystrophy that Dee Dee insisted Gypsy had, she was successful in securing treatment for her, for her daughter's other purported issues. After she told doctors Gypsy had seizures every few months, they prescribed anti-seizure medication. Um, several surgeries were performed on her during this time. Like, they put tubes in her ears. Just, like, random little shit that mm -hmm. keeps you in a hospital, having checkups, that sort of thing. Mm -hmm. um, um, side note. Yeah. I had tubes in my ears when I was little. 
and they fell out when I as I like got older. Yeah. And they look like little like you know the really tiny beads that you put on bracelets. That's yeah. what they look like. And I like one fell out because I was like itching my ear and it was obviously loose or what. Yeah. I don't I don't know. They fall out. And I like pulled it out. I was like, Mom, there's a bead in my ear. And she's like, You put a bead in your ear? I was like, No. And she goes, I think that's your tube. Oh my gosh, I love that. Um, Amelia's <clears throat> tube fell out once and we saw it. And all I could think of was like, it was kind of gross. Yeah. Yeah. It was I, like a hard little thing, but yeah, it also had like a little bit of wax on it. Yeah. And I was like, like I, it just looked like I had like itched my ear and like a bead just popped out of my right? head or something. And I, I was like, that. mom, a bead just fell out of my ear. And she's like, no, honey. <laughs> no, no, baby. <laughs> oh, gosh. Okay. Where? Okay. Sorry. No, it's fine. <laughs> okay. So minor illnesses such as. Beads being shoved in your ears. <clears throat> By August of 2005, they were living in an apartment on their own when the area was uh, devastated by Hurricane Katrina. Now, if you are watching the act, Patricia Arquette is doing an amazing job as Dee Dee Blanchard. But every time she says Katrina, it tickles me. And I have to repeat it just like she does. <laughs> Katrina, when we moved, and it, I mean, it was just Katrina. You have That's to, hilarious. you have to know. Anyway, they moved to a shelter set up for special needs families. Um, Dee Dee said Gypsy's medical records, including her birth certificate, had been destroyed in Katrina. A doctor there <laughs> from the Ozarks suggested that they relocate to Missouri, and the next month they were airlifted there. So, like, a hmm. doctor just bought their story. Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah. Like, sweet mom taking care of her sick kid. Hey, you guys should go here. I know you could get some help. Mm -hmm. During their time in Missouri, Gypsy was honored by the Olay Foundation, Olee Foundation, which advocates for the rights of feeding tube recipients um, as its two seven, 2007 Child of the Year. So in 2008, Habitat for Humanity built them a small home with a wheelchair ramp and a hot tub, which it says hot tub, but I think that means a, a tub with jets. Yeah. Um, to, like, help with circulation and that sort of thing. Mm. And they moved into that home. Um, the story of a single mom with a severely disabled daughter, forced to flee Katrina's destruction, got a ton of local media attention, and the community often pitched in to help Dee Dee and Gypsy. Um, many people were charmed and by and loved Gypsy Rose. She was barely five foot tall. She was a tiny little girl with a shaved head from... Um, leukemia, hair loss, mm -hmm. no, and nearly toothless with a very high-pitched, squeaky, childlike voice. If you know, if you've heard her voice, you know, my God. <laughs> um, she often wore wigs or hats to cover her baldness. Her mom shaved her head to mimic the hairless appearance of a chemotherapy patient. When they left the house, Dee Dee would often take an oxygen tank and feeding tube with them. Okay, <clears throat> Gypsy was fed Pediasure well into her 20s for most of her meals, like 70% of her meals oh my God. was Pediasure in a feeding fucking tube. Oh and you can just, you're normal. You can eat. You're fucking hungry. Yeah. Um, Dee Dee had some of Gypsy's saliva glands treated with Botox, and then she had the glands extracted altogether to control her drooling. Gypsy would later claim that her mom induced the drooling by using an, like a topical anesthetic to her gums. Before she would go to the doctor, so she wouldn't be able to be like and like stop drooling, and she'd take her to the doctor then to like showcase the drool. What in yeah. the world? Fucking insane. <sighs> um, okay, <clears throat> a pediatric neurologist who saw Gypsy in Springfield, Missouri, became suspicious of her um, muscular dystrophy diagnosis. Mm -hmm. He ordered MRIs and blood tests and found nothing, no abnormalities, and he said. I don't see any reason why she doesn't walk. <laughs> like, quote, it was written down. He told Dee Dee on a follow-up visit after seeing Gypsy stand and support her own weight, she can walk. Mm -hmm. She has walked or she would have no muscles in her legs. I mean, he's just like telling her this. Mm -hmm. After contacting Gypsy's doctors in New Orleans, he learned that Gypsy's original muscle biopsy had come back negative, undermining Dee Dee's self-reported diagnosis of muscular dystrophy as well as her claim that all of Gypsy's records had been destroyed by flooding in Hurricane Katrina. <laughs> he suspected the possibility of Munchausen syndrome by proxy. Dee Dee contrived to gain access to the doctor's notes, and when she found out that that's what had been written, she just stopped seeing that one and went to another one. 
Oh my god. That's what she's been doing this whole time. Big deal. Mm-hmm. <gasps> oh my gosh. What? I thought that was the horse pulling all of that. It's a man. Oh, oh I was panicked. I was like, how's that little horse pulling all of that? Sorry. Sorry, oh. everybody. He's got like the setup. He is does. Is he kidnapping children? I saw. Because there's a stroller attached to that. Is there more than one that. stroller? Looks like it. He kind of like hangs out by my apartment. Yeah. Yeah. I hope everything's okay. Mm. Anyway, sorry. Hang I on, thought... I'm going to look and make sure there's not a child. In yeah, there. do that. So Emily's making sure that a child's not being kidnapped, but I thought little Sebastian was pulling all that, and I was going to be mad. He's a therapy horse. I don't see a child, so I think we're good. All right, cool. Okay. It's probably a watermelon. <laughs> a bag of flour. Oh, my God. bag of flour. <laughs> right. um, okay. Mm-hmm. Okay, so in 2009... An anonymous caller told the police about Dee Dee's use of different names and birth dates for herself and her daughter and suggested Gypsy was in better health than Dee Dee claimed. Um, some officers performed a wellness check, but they accepted Dee Dee's explanation that she um, that she had used misinformation to make it harder for her abusive ex-husband to find her in Gypsy. Mm. So they didn't check out the story, and um, they reported that Gypsy seem to be genuinely mentally handicapped. If you're watching the act, you know, like, official reports don't say this, but it does show um, Dee Dee giving her, like, uh, she has her pill bottles labeled gross and weird, like sleepy baby means sleeping pills, you Mm -hmm. know. Um, So she would give her, like, sleeping pills and make her kind of zombie-like when people would come over. Mm. Yeah, to, like, make her appear mentally challenged. Mm Mm-hmm. So the police closed that file, I guess. Um, while those close to Gypsy still believe she was a teenager, by the by 2010, she was uh, like a full-ass adult and began to test the limits of her mom. A neighbor recalls an incident in late 2009, possibly 2010, where Gypsy showed up at her door without her wheelchair, seeking a ride to a local hospital to visit a man with whom she shared a romantic interest the man had been assaulted in an unrelated incident. Um, so the neighbor took Gypsy to the hospital to meet this guy. Mm-hmm. The people at the hospital were pretty familiar with Gypsy because right. she fucking lives there. And basically, and um, they thought that the man was taking advantage of a mentally challenged underage girl. Oh. Yeah. At the hospital, Gypsy produced a birth certificate that gave her correct date of birth, proving that she was of legal age. Um Dee Dee found out, went to the hospital, and she produced a birth certificate with an incorrect version issued after Katrina, apparently saying that it was the real birth certificate, and the the doctors believed her, and, mm-hmm. I mean, they just believed the mom, because what's this mentally challenged girl? She's just being taken advantage of. Mm-hmm. Um, Gypsy had been a longtime fan of, like, sci-fi and fantasy conventions, she liked to cosplay. I mean, mm-hmm. it let her blend in. I get that. So even in her wheelchair, she could come up with something. She'd be a princess. She'd be beautiful. She'd get to wear a wig, which is so fucking sad. I know. My God, just let her have her hair at least. Jesus. At an event in 2011, um, she made like an escape attempt. Uh, her mom found her in a hotel room with a man she had met online. Mm-hmm. Again, Dee Dee produced paperwork giving Gypsy's false younger birth date and threatened to tell the cops. Um, so the guy's like, uh, fuck, I'm out. You know what I mean? Like, gotta yeah. go. Uh, afterwards, Gypsy said that Dee Dee smashed her computer with a hammer in front of her and threatened to do the same to her fingers if she ever tried to escape again. Oh, my gosh. Gypsy had described her mother as physically abusive in, like, I would, I wrote in small ways, but it's not small. It's very, like, bullying, controlling abuse. Mm-hmm. Um, if Gypsy was, like, talking and mentioned something that didn't fit right with their story, you know, just because she's a, a older teen, young adult, just talking, um, she would, like, tightly pinch her on the arm because they held hands all the time mm-hmm. or just, like, dig her nails into her, squeeze her, anything that, you know, like... Would indicate that she's wrong. Yeah. yeah. Um, you know, if she was talking out of turn or whatever. Anyway, she also kept Gypsy leashed and handcuffed to her bed for two weeks after that incident. Oh. Yeah. Like, what the fuck? Dee Dee later told Gypsy that she had filed paperwork with the police claiming that Gypsy was mentally incompetent. 
Um, I don't, you can't file paperwork with the police. I don't know. <laughs> That's so random. But Gypsy believed her. And so she thought that, you know, if she went to the police that they would say, well, you're mentally incompetent. Your mom has yeah. already told us that. So, okay. So sometime around 2012, Gypsy, who continued to use the internet after her mom would go to bed, um, made online contact with a young man named Nicholas Godijohn, a man. So he was from Wisconsin around her age and they both claim that they met on a Christian sing in a Christian singles group. Um, a Facebook page from 2012 from that year with their names combined, you know, like mm-hmm. joint Facebook page gives their status as in a relationship. Go to John had some issues of his own, a criminal record for indecent, ex- indecent exposure in the documentary, mommy dead and dearest. Mm-hmm. Um, they say that, I can't remember exactly, but he was, like, publicly masturbating for hours. <laughs> Dang. Yeah, like, I think in, like, a, a fast food restaurant. I can't exactly remember. Um, that he had a history of mental illness, stated at times to be either dis- disassociative identity or autistic. Mm-hmm. Um, but he would say he claimed that he didn't have diagnosis of that. Okay. Um, I think his relatives said that he might have Asperger's. Hmm. I'm, I'm not sure. In 2014, Gypsy confided to um, a neighbor, okay, a 23-year-old neighbor who was unaware that Gypsy was really close to her age, um, that she and Godajan had discussed eloping and that they had even chosen names for their potential children. Mm-hmm. I was never that person. I never wanted to talk about kids. That's gross. Never wanted, <laughs> like, let's not prename our gross kids. Um, <laughs> Gypsy had five separate Facebook accounts. Uh, her and Nicholas go to John would flirt online, um, sometimes using BDSM elements. Have you heard of BDSM? <laughs> um, which Gypsy has since claimed was more what he was interested in. I get that. You know mm-hmm. how things get out of hand and you're just like talking to like, I just want you to like me. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway. Um, the neighbor, Aaliyah, the neighbor, 23, tried to talk Gypsy out of, like, going and meeting this guy. She thinks that she is still too young and possibly being taken advantage of by an online predator. Mm-hmm. Um, she considered Gypsy's plans, fantasies, and dreams, and nothing like that would ever take place. Mm-hmm. Um, the next year, Gypsy arranged and paid for Go to John to meet her mother in to meet her mother in Springfield. Her plan was for him to just bump into her while they were at the movies, both of them in costume, and apparently strike up a relationship that way. Um, so they do. They go meet online. In the documentary, he tells you know the audience and police that they meet at the movie theater. They have sex in the movie theater and then go sit next to her mom and watch the movie. Mm-hmm. Her mom's like, hey, what the fuck is that dude doing here? Like this 20-year-old guy by himself. I think they were there to see like, did Beauty and the Beast get redone in that year? I think it was like the remake of Beauty and the Beast. Yeah. Or like the 3D version or some something like that. I don't mm-hmm. remember. One of those. Um, so she was like, hey, that's kind of creepy. <laughs> What's that guy doing here <laughs> by himself <laughs> with no girlfriend or kid to watch Beauty and the Beast? Just hang out with you. Anyway, apparently Gypsy was not a super fan of him as well, like in person. You mm. know how that happens? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Bummer. Um, but they did continue their... She described him as creepy. Uh-huh. They did continue their internet interactions, however, and began developing a plan to kill Dee Dee. Um, okay, so in the documentary, Mommy, Dead, and Dearest, I know we're running out of time, but I have to talk about it. She has all of these pictures of herself, like, as different personas. Mm-hmm. Um it's. I feel kind of bad laughing about it because I get it. She was so, I mean, sheltered is not even the word for it. She was so controlled. She didn't even have, like, an adolescence to act out in. Yeah. So she's got, like, uh, I guess I'll describe them as sexy pictures all over her Facebook, different mm-hmm. wigs, different outfits, talking, like, this is the sweet daddy's girl. This is, like, the sex kitten. You know yeah. what I mean? It's, it's rather... It's very immature looking and embarrassing, mm-hmm. to be honest. Um, okay, so they continued to flirt online and have their relationship discussing plans to kill Dee Dee. Go to John would return to their home in June of 2015, arriving while Gypsy and Dee Dee were away at a doctor's appointment. When they got home and Dee Dee had gone to sleep, he went to. Um, Sorry, Gypsy gave him duct tape, gloves, and a knife with the understanding that he would use it to murder Dee Dee 
Gypsy later claimed that she did not expect him to be able to do it, that she was just kind of like, she was playing along with this BDSM kind of like yeah. game, basically, because he's like, okay, I'm here. Give me the stuff and let me in, like via text. And she's like, I'm on my way, daddy. Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah. holy shit. She thinks this is like a game. Um, I mean, it it appears that she thinks this is a game. Anyway, mm-hmm. Gypsy hides in the bathroom and covers her ears so she wouldn't hear her mother's death, but she said she could still hear screams. Go to John then stabbed Dee Dee several times in her sleep. Um, Gypsy would later say that she could hear Dee Dee like yell. She would she shouted for Gypsy to like run or something. Mm-hmm. Um Gypsy and Nicholas Godijohn had sex in Gypsy's room after the murder. They took $4,000 in cash that Dee Dee had been keeping in the house, mostly from, like, child support checks. And people would just send them money and, like, donate money. So they just had cash laying around. Mm-hmm. Um, they fled to a motel outside of Springfield They where they remained for several days while planning their next move. But during that time, they were seen on security cameras, like, at local stores, you know, walking around, Gypsy was walking unassisted. She was wearing a wig. Um, they mailed the murder weapon back to go to John's house in Wisconsin to avoid being caught with it. And then they took a bus there. Mm-hmm. On the afternoon of June 14th at Gypsy's urging, urging go to John used his phone to post two updates to Dee Dee's Facebook page so that they would discover, so that the police would discover the body. The first read, that bitch is dead 17 minutes later by... A longer comment suggesting that whoever left it had violently killed Dee Dee and raped Gypsy. Gypsy would later state that she was concerned that with several days had passed without anyone discovering her mother's body and hoped someone would report the ominous message to the police so that they would find her. This is where I was like, oh, I gotta hurry. So hold on. <laughs> You're good. Um, so the police show up, they get into the house, and they see what's happened. D- or Gypsy is missing at this time. The neighbor that Gypsy had confided in comes over and is like, hey, she had a secret online boyfriend. And that's when they start finding out, like, what's actually happened. Okay, so using that information, they go, they find the Facebook pages. They find out who Nicholas Godijohn is. And they go raid his home in Wisconsin. Both he and Gypsy surrender and are taken into custody on charges of murder and felony armed criminal action. I don't know what the difference. I mean, I know what the difference is, but I don't, I don't understand. Hmm. Needing to charge him with both, I guess, murder is good enough, don't you think? <laughs> um, the news that Gypsy was safe was greeted with relief back at her back in her home in Springfield, Missouri, um, where they were soon extra, where her and Godijohn were soon extradited and held on one million dollars bond. Um, but in announcing the news, uh, the Greene County Sheriff had to warn everyone that things are not what they appear, and like basically break break the news to everyone that had been helping them this whole time that. They didn't need all this help. Mm-hmm. It was fake. Gypsy's fine. She does, you know, her mom has used physical abuse to control her and fake these illnesses and that sort of thing. Yeah. Um, after the disclosure of how Dee Dee treated Gypsy, there was a ton of sympathy for her as a victim rather than like a violent murderer. Mm-hmm. I don't know how I feel about it. This is the biggest part. Um, you, she could have gotten away, but with the controlling and how mentally beaten down you must be, do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. She didn't even like this Nicholas go to John guy, but he was giving her attention, so she was just like playing along. She's like, like, yeah, yay! This is the first time I've ever been able to act like a teenager. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? Okay, lots of sympathy. Okay, so after her attorney obtained her medical records from Louisiana, he secured a plea bargain to second degree murder for Gypsy. She was so undernourished that during the year she was in jail, she actually gained 14 pounds in stark contrast to nearly everyone who loses weight in jail. Yeah. (laughs) Um, In July of 2015, she accepted the plea bargain agreement and was sentenced to 10 years in prison. Mm -hmm. Go to John, still faced the more severe charges prosecutors contended. He initiated the murder plot, and both he and Gypsy agreed that he was the one who actually killed Dee Dee. Um, he he just had, a, like, a lot going on. He wanted to rape Dee Dee Blanchard, and mm. Gypsy was like, no, but I'll let you rape me after. And he was like, mm, okay. I mean, it's just, like, a lot. That's a yeah. lot. Do you know what I mean? Like, what the hell are you guys doing? <laughs> um, <clears throat> Gypsy's plea bargain agreement did not require her to testify against him. Uh, in t- January 2017, his trial was postponed when prosecutors requested a second psychiatric exam of him 
His lawyers contend that he has an intelligence quotient of 82 and is on the autism spectrum, suggesting diminished capacity. But we know that 82 is normal, right? We've discussed this. It's yeah. it's the low of the normal range. Yeah. Yeah. Um, he initially waived his right to trial by jury, but he changed his mind. In December 2017, the judge set go to John's trial for November 2018. Do I have all of that? Yeah. Hold on. In February of 2019, he was sentenced to life in prison for the murder conviction, the only possible option since prosecutors had seek, had declined to seek the death penalty. Mm-hmm. Um, go to John asked Judge David Jones for leniency on the armed criminal action charge, which carries a minimum sentence of only three years, saying he had fallen blindly in love with Gypsy. He received a sentence of 25 years on that charge to run concurrent with the life sentence. I don't know what that would have done for yeah, him. Yeah, like so. what's... Please. You're going to jail for life. Who gives a fuck if you have a, a concurrent sentence of three years or whatever? <laughs> Gypsy now serving her sentence in Missouri's Chillicothe Correctional Center. I don't know. Did not talk to the media until after she had made her plea. When she did, she told BuzzFeed reporter Michelle Dean that she had been able to research Munchausen syndrome by proxy on prison computers and her mother had every symptom. I think she would have been the perfect mom for someone that actually was sick, she said. She believed Dee Dee's claim that she had cancer, even if she knew she could walk and eat solid food, leading her to, um, like, agree to the regular head shavings. However, she always hoped that doctors would see through the ruse, and she was frustrated that no one except for that one doctor that she just stopped seeing ever did. Mm-hmm. Um it sucks. The whole thing sucks. I don't think anybody was going to win. I think all three of those people were like s- doomed. Yeah. 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 Like sick, sad, and upset. How long did Gypsy get? Oh, on her gosh. Did sentence? it not say? Did I not say? You might have. I mm. might have not paid attention. Oh, no, I didn't. Hold on. Did I say it earlier? You said second degree murder charge, but second I Second degree murder. Oh, it was 20. No, 10 years. 10, 10 years. years. Okay. Yeah. And that was. Uh, 2015. So 2025. God, so many people are getting out in 2025. Uh, Susan Smith is mm-hmm. from fucking last week. Right? I said it. Where did it go? If that's, if it's concurrent. In July yes. 2015, she accepted the plea bargain agreement and oh, was yeah. sentenced to 10 years in prison. Ooh. I know. Is 2025 when the world ends? Maybe. Oh my <laughs> god! Like hey, all these criminals are getting out. I feel like we could do whatever we wanted. We'd still get out in 2025. 2025. What's up? Don't listen to Patrick. Right now. <laughs> Don't do it. That was really good. You did really good. Like, Thank you. I knew the like obviously the premises of the story, mm-hmm. but I didn't. I mean, have you it's ever heard so of BDSM? Cool. <laughs> Katrina. Katrina. I'm sorry, everybody. It's perfect. It's fine. It's just always cool to hear the details. It is. So it is. Thank you for doing that. You got it. Today was a good one. We did good today. And I feel like we did good. Like we did good last week. You know what? It's because we did shitty that week. I know. We We were like, oh, fuck. We're like, no. (laughs) Make up, make up, make up, make up. (laughs) All right. Well, we have a meeting in five minutes. So we're going to make this ending short and sweet. Um, (laughs) Don't forget to rate, review, and share with your friends. And sorry, I popped my fingers. Knuckles. Sorry. Um, find us anywhere at Off Air with EP and that's all. We love you it. so much. We love much. you so deeply. And if, for the two of you that recommended podcasts that we've already, or recommended cases that we've already done. You're dead back, to us. Go back and listen <laughs> and see how we did. <laughs> and if you want Patrick to redo them, that's fine too. <laughs> no, I refuse. Rude. All right. Let's go to this meeting. Okay. Bye. <laughs>